In the watch enthusiast universe, the watch enthusiasts are represented by two separate yet equally unimportant human beings. KC, who has nothing, and John John, who knows nothing. This is their podcast. The KC and John John Show! Hello everybody, and welcome to the 26th inaugural episode of... Casey and John John. <laughs> yes. Well, that never gets old. No, never. Uh, yeah. Well, ex- except we've we kind of switched it up a bit just because, well, you're too lazy to host. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, thanks for thanks for making it past episode twenty five. Um, mm-hmm. We have listened to some feedback, and you know, we're we, we hope to get back on track this week because. We have a guest. Yes, yes, yes. we do. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm Masaharu uh, from Horinki, Japan. I'm a web producer and editor. Yes, he, he is Horinki, Japan. As we, as we have, I work, as we I work have, for uh, Horinki Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's been mentioned that you shouldn't say that, John. You know, it, yeah, no, but I, you know, I'm just trying to push my luck here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's incredible how um, I guess we can say we've been less than friendly to towards Horinki um, <laughs> in previous episodes. And what? And yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but staying true to the form, this is our this is one step towards sponsorship from Hodinki. Yes, I mean the... first the Grey NATO, and then now yes. Casey and John John. Yeah, exactly. You know, first <laughs> as, as 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 our listeners must be aware, we would savage a brand or person, mm-hmm. and then we ask them for sponsorship. Plan for sponsorship, correct? Yeah, that's true. Uh, to be fair, though, we have you know, made comments about Hodinki. We've never made comments about Hodinki Japan. Yes. So okay. it's entirely different. We it's are an... huge fans of Hodinki Japan. Yes, I'm a very big fan of it. Um, yes, me as well. Ba- based on the one page I've seen on Hodinki Japan so far, <laughs> <laughs> which was sent by Masa. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is actually very nice. Yeah, but it's, it's great It's great to have you on, on our podcast, Masa. Like we, I think we met just over a year ago, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, when, when back, you back came in the, to Japan, right? Yeah, back in the day when we could do this thing called traveling, traveling, yeah, yeah. good old you know, days, go on, go on holidays <laughs> to foreign countries. What a strange concept! <laughs> and um, like, what? Who brought us together was um, our friend Anthony Doe in in Mel from Melbourne. Melbourne. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Anthony Doe, who I would. I would also love to have him on a podcast. I think we've, yeah. we've probably spoken about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah, I think... Um, was it... I can't remember which... Was I it a Ressence? I think it was a Ressence. I think you 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 borrowed a friend's Ressence or something. And then he was like, oh, you should you should meet my friend John. And then we kind of got in, in touch with each other. Was yeah, that... I think so. Um, at that time, I was writing about Ressence articles. So mm-hmm. I borrowed it from the brand and then yeah. I took photos and then I uploaded on my Instagram account. And then Ansel Nissan uh, just, you know, found out and then he he introduced you to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the beginning. 
Yeah. And then, then I was like, hey, I'm actually going to be in, in Tokyo in a couple of months. Like we should, we should meet up, grab some food, grab some beers. Yeah. yeah. And then a year later. And then a year later. He is on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so your traveling was good for something, John. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think this is probably the first time that I've gotten my friend as, as a guest on the show, right? Well, the previous guests were our friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. but like, separate yeah, from Thank you for you. having me here. Um, no, it was, it's, it's good. thank you for coming on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, taking time out of It's an honor your... to have Hodinki Japan on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, just wanted to, you know, we want to thank our listeners for making it through all the way to this 26th episode and hopefully in the future as well. Mm-hmm. Um and once again, we don't need our disclaimer because just send all your complaints to Marshall. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. dive right dive right into our weekly segment of the week, or well, the first weekly segment of the week, which is yeah. uh, the cliche corner. Thanks, Casey. And for this week, it's mm-hmm. only watch. And um, what is this particular cliche about, Casey? Um, so only watch is actually an auction that is held in Switzerland um, pretty much every year where like a brand will you know come up with a very special edition watch mm-hmm. and then that that is the only watch that exists from that brand mm-hmm. and then you know they, they they sell it for auction and I think it goes to charity and things like that so yeah that that that's our cliche of the week um, oh, the only watch auction here I was thinking it was like uh, the only fans version of watches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where, <laughs> so, where on that site, they only have fans. And then uh-huh. this was like only watches. All right. So basically <clears throat> our Instagram accounts. I guess so. Yeah. Well, actually, no, not really. Uh, we, we post up a lot of uh, alcohol on, That's on fair. our account That's as fair. well. That's fair. Yes. Wait, okay. So wait, what, what actually is only watch? Can someone please tell us what this cliche actually is instead of all this nonsense that we've been talking about? <laughs> um, I, guess the, I guess the cliche comes from people saying like, oh, you know, I have a lot of watches in my collection, but if, if I could just narrow it down to one, this would be the one, like the only, the only watch I would have. Yeah, the only watch you would ever need. <clears throat> is, right. there, is there anyone, any, any watches that you consider that in your collection, both of you, Masa and Casey? You want to go for this first, Masa? Sure. Um, so I was thinking about uh, two watch, but we have to do it only one, right? It's uh, only yes. watch. Yeah. So first <laughs> I was thinking about Lolex Submariner, but then um, I actually have this one. Uh, this is uh, Breguet Marine 50, uh, 5517 ST uh, with mm-hmm, nice. I'm sure not many people are, have this watch because... I haven't seen anyone wearing this exactly the same watch. Uh, yeah. I mm-hmm. have mine with uh, rubber strap, but I also have bracelet. Uh, this is really versatile watch. I can wear it casually and also like with a formal scene. So this is perfect. You know, only one wa- only watch mm-hmm. to have. I think. Yeah, and I would say. Um, you know, being on brand with Casey and John John, I would say that the choice of a Breguet is probably, you know, something a little bit more special than <laughs> your standard Rolex Submariner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that... Actually, have, have, having handled uh, 
the watch that Masa is talking about, like, and it's it's truly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it's. It, it's also got very unique lugs. I it does, think. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, is it a quick switch mechanism? Can you change from the rubber to the bracelet easily? Uh, it's actually pretty hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so there's not a, a quick... screw on the lug, so you have to right. unscrew it. And okay, I, I've never done that uh, by myself because you know I don't want to scr- get scratches or anything. So okay. uh, that point, it's not really you know handy, but still I can just go to the sh- you know regular boutique and then. Yeah. Ask them to change it for me. Okay. So, so the opposite of a quick change mechanism, a very slow change mechanism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about okay. you, Casey? Yeah. Well, um, I think John, you can guess my answer. Um. Clearly, the the Avalon. No. Yeah. The the no. one with the one with this very special inscription on the back. No, uh, that one has too much U on it, so no. Uh, <laughs> Everything my, could my, use a lot more of me on them. No. Yeah. Um, my, my answer is a lot more obvious. It's my Omega Speedmaster, mm. which is the exact opposite of what I just told Masa. You know, like, yeah, oh, it's no, like, oh, yeah, wow. Your brigade is a really cool choice. Yeah, that's really and special. Then like, Not many people have it, and then you but, go for but, your Speedmaster. But so, which, my Speedmaster... Uh, it's a three one one version. The the one right. the one that you see everywhere. <laughs> no 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 no. It's now discontinued, which okay. means it's rare. That means that means it's an investment piece, right? <laughs> yes yes. I mean the the eighteen sixty one movement. Value. It has. I mean the eighteen sixty one movement has only been made for like what thirty years. Uh. <laughs> there there have only been like hundreds of thousands of them. It's incredibly rare. Yeah. So yeah, that that would, um, but I guess my more interesting choice would be the JLC Master Control. Oh, mm-hmm. nice! In the Sector Dial, the limited edition from twenty seventeen, I think I want to say, or twenty eighteen. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be the more interesting choice. But if it came down to it, and I really had to choose one, I think I would choose the Speedmaster because I'm boring like that. Yes, you were incredibly yeah. boring. Incredibly so. I mean, that's um, why that's why I listen to this podcast. To put myself to sleep. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a very good lullaby. Yeah. I mean, your, your parts, but my parts are just so exciting and interesting. <clears throat> okay, speaking of your parts, what, what, what watch would you choose as your only watch? I honestly have not thought about this ever because I am such a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think we've, we've definitely covered this in a previous episode where I said, I just don't want to sell because I don't want to deal with human beings. Right. Um, yeah, but okay, I'm, you're you're on the spot now, so you have to choose. I I might actually agree with with Masa and say part of the sub. Okay. Like I mean, it, it is it also so it is a very me <laughs> after after me calling Masa incredibly boring, and then you calling me incredibly boring. You choose the sub. Like I mean, you put me on the spot, lah. So. So what can I? Which, what can by I the say? way, I've never actually seen you wear for a long time, because it's 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 back in Melbourne, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, didn't... I I thought I thought you would choose that IWC that you just got. Yeah, that's a lot mm. more. John. It's, it's a it's a very yeah. Like every every time I put it on, I just think of how well it suits me. 
Yeah, and for those I, who don't know, we're talking about the IWC um, Porsche Design Ocean 2000. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that, that watch is very John. <laughs> is, that, is that the one with titanium? Yeah, 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 that's the one. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Even even honestly, I think that and the Ressence are probably my favorite watches in my collection at the moment. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't choose them as your only watch. I would. I would choose something that is more versatile and right. Yeah, your Polar Explorer. <sighs> Fuck. Why do, <laughs> why do I have? Why do I have so many great watches? Uh, <laughs> okay, and this brings us on to the next point, which is uh, the reason why I think the the term "only watch" is a cliche is because um, people who collect tons of watches are the ones who like to use the word "only watch." Yeah, it's it's a very watch enthusiast term. Yeah, yeah. The people who actually have only watches, the people who actually have just one single watch they just wear every day. Yeah. Are the ones who are not posting anything about only watches, the the ones that probably just get an an MVMT or a or a, yeah, and then da- or a Dallo Wellington and they're just and they're done. It's like this, yeah, is, my, this is my watch day. collection now. Yeah, and then they don't say, "Oh, this is my only watch," but that is by definition their only watch. Yeah. Whereas us watch collectors, every single we, watch we that watch we buy, collectors. yes, we we us. No, uh, we. When we buy a new watch... <laughs> we is grammatically correct. Yes. W- whatever watch we buy, whatever latest watch that we've bought is the watch that we will say, okay, this this is the one. Like, this is a watch I really enjoy and I could see myself wearing this watch forever. And then, like, one month later, you buy another watch. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no. This watch is the only watch <laughs> that I would buy and wear. And etc. It just goes on and on. Yeah, and on. we, we so, update every time. Yeah, so um, not really an only watch if it keeps changing every few months. <laughs> only watch yeah. for now. For now, exactly. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much our conclusion for um, only watch. It's for watch enthusiasts, it's the only watch for now. Yeah. Yeah. Until we move on to something shinier and newer and better. Or it could be older and more patinaed. Yeah. Newer to you. Newer to you. yes, right, yeah. yeah. That, I think that's another cliche that we could do in a future episode. We, we new to could. me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were just we were just talking earlier about how we're running out of cliches. We're not, but there we're not. So we're not. There's so yeah. there's just, there's just so many oh, so many unique so to watch shit that we talk about. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, we can move on to our second weekly segment of the week which is mm-hmm. the griper's garage which and is friendly's griper's, friendly's griper's garage <laughs> and today's gripe is about small hands and yes. we're not talking about the former president's um <laughs> appendages <laughs> we no, are we've, moved past we have, that. we've completely moved past that let's let's yeah. never um Revisit talk about that, that again. again yeah mm-hmm. um that's a part of our lives that yeah, we can fully move on from. Um, yep, yep. But yes, basically, watches that have absurdly minuscule hands for their dials. Yep, yep. And off the top of my head, I can think of 
that Rolex Explorer. I can't remember what the reference number was, but it was yeah. like as as we were saying before, um, like the the first generation, but the, no, no, no. the first the first, version. the first series of the current most generation. recent generation of Rolex yeah. Explorers. Yeah, the one that they quickly changed after a couple of yeah. months. Mm. Yeah, where it's like, oh, let's let's make this watch thirty nine mils from thirty six. But yep, we'll yep. leave the hands the same. And like the proportions yep. are just completely ruined. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like the, the hour hand doesn't go anywhere close to the hour markers. The minute hand and the seconds hand are just like lost in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, for a brand like Rolex, which is really pretty much focused on the details, right? Like they really focus on the fine details and getting everything right. It just seemed like a really weird oversight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I I don't understand why. Any any other examples that you can think of? Um, off the top of my head, because of course you know the first thing that you think of is Rolex. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that I thought of is Orient. Yeah. Because we John it's and I such as the difference who, of our classes, right? Yes. For those who don't know, John and I function on very different levels. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> the Orient Bambino, right? Which I think is one of the most popular recommendations for a budget watch. It's a very nice watch. It's very well designed. There are really nice details. Uh, it's a great automatic watch. Um, it's got a movement that's going to last for a long time. It, it really is a great beginner watch. But the biggest problem with it for me is the size of the hands. The, for most versions of the Bambino, the hands are just lost in the middle of nowhere. And I, once I saw it, I think someone pointed it out to me. I think it was especially on the ones with the baton hands, which are squared off at the end. Uh-huh those are exceptionally short and it really just looks extremely weird and i wish that ben, the orient as a whole would just make it right not by making the hands longer but just by making the watch smaller because i think it's like 40 or 41 mm if you just made it 38 mm-hmm. you would kill two birds with one stone if as far as i'm concerned yeah because the bambi no is a bit it's a bit big for what it is. What it is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as a dress watch, it's pretty big. But, um, Masa, do you have any examples that, that you know of with very short hands? Oh, I can't think of anything right now, but I I think, you know, Molex did good job on, you know, version version 2 of the Explorer 1, the, the mm-hmm. modern one. Yep. And I, I'm curious that, you know, if, if I... I used to have my... Uh, the newer... Uh, Lodex Explorer One, I, I already sorted actually. But if I have like a you know shorter hand, and then if I give it to them for the service, do you think mm-hmm. they will replace the hand? That's an interesting. I wouldn't. Then, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. if you go to like the service center, maybe they might. I yeah, do they wonder. might, right? But you know, we we don't like you know short hand, but maybe there's some people who love short hand. Yeah. Okay, so like you know how every Rolex with a flaw becomes a, a special Rolex. Yeah. Right? Like uh, the Rolex with the spider dial. Mm-hmm. Um the Rolex with the misprints. Yeah. yeah. And like lead style. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wonder if the Rolex Explorer one that had the short hands, is that a collector's thing now? It's or like, is it just oh, too ugly? It's like limited only out for a year kind of thing. Yeah, yeah limited, like limited production. production. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe, I do wonder. Maybe who knows with like with 30 years later. 
Yeah. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Every, and then everyone, then there's a trend for like small, small hands. Small hands. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's... I, 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 hmm? Yes, right? No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I can only think of one one watch that's in my collection mm-hmm. that kind of makes a small hands work look. Small, so small, hand, small hands look, work. Yeah, it, yes, it is the Rakata. It is the big zero. Yeah. yeah. Like, just because the the numeral itself is so, so oversized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, you don't need great big hands for that like the, the proportions just work and yeah it's that that is a really fun watch and honestly i didn't even know that you had that uh-huh it's just that when you mentioned like a watch that works with short hands that's the only watch i could think of oh really yeah the big zero yeah the raketa big zero is really a watch i think that actually works despite the weirdly short hands. yeah yeah it, it, it does work i i do agree great yeah. We finally agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, since we have Masa, who is part of a great big watch publication, mm-hmm. we have news. Yeah, yeah. We have so much yeah. news to cover and we can yeah, we can dedicate this whole whole segment to you, Masa. Yes. Masa, tell, tell us the news, Masa. <laughs> sure. So, um, so since I'm from Japan, maybe I should introduce some uh, new Japanese watches. Okay. So um, Seiko, last year Seiko, actually Grand Seiko, um, they had a 60th, uh, 60th year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And they had uh, a lot of new you know, watches, like limited edition. But yeah. this year... Um, they are reaching 140th anniversary. Um, so they're creating a lot of interesting watches mm-hmm. um, from you know this year's beginning. Um, they have uh, new Seiko Prospects. Yeah. And which has... Well, they are basically, uh, you know, like... I it's just all I'm green gonna... dial watches. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's an entirely new collection, but yeah. they they have a beautiful green dial. And yeah, I actually had a chance to see it uh, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the green, the color of the green is really deep, and yeah. it looks almost like a black. So, I I think people should see it before they buy it. You know, um, you know how Seiko always likes to. Like, like the, the dials are um, like a representation of something. Like, what was the? Do you know what the inspiration for for this green was? Uh, so the uh, Seiko and Grand Seiko, they usually come up with some like you know nature in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a um, island called Mishiomote Island, mm-hmm. and and they're inspired from that. Uh, island yeah so it's covered 19 percent of the island is you know covered with like woods and there's no no people there okay wait where whereabouts is this island uh it's, and can uh, we go visit <laughs> i think so um i think they are part of uh okinawa oh okay 
It's a, it's a, it's really close to uh, Taiwan. Um, it's right next to Taiwan. I think mm, closest mm. island to Taiwan. See, Okinawa is a place I would really love to visit. That's, I think, that's the only part I haven't haven't quite been gone to. to. Yeah, flex. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bit of a flex. <laughs> um, and then there was the Astron as well. Yeah, so they have Astron and mm-hmm. Blessage. Uh, so Astron is, um, you know, uh, Hanami. Mm. Hanami is like the Japanese culture. Like people just go sit around the cherry blossom tree and you know fl- okay. doing the flower viewing. Right, right, right. Yeah. And this new Seiko Astron, um, they're inspired by Yozakura, uh, which means okay. you know uh, flower viewing at night. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So that's why they have uh, this, you know, purple, pinkish um, color dial. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually really nice. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. And, and and for someone like especially John who hates purple and hates anything purple, <laughs> like Barney, um, Arizona, <laughs> or anywhere else that's purple, really. Arizona. Um, yeah, because Arizona was Republican, but it, they flipped Democrats, so they're they're considered a purple state now. Because there's uh, an like, equal mix of oh, red oh. and blue. Democrats oh and Republicans. Jesus yeah, Christ. <laughs> so yes, uh, anyone listening from Arizona, John hates you because you're purple. <laughs> but yeah, um, that, that dial really is nice. It reminds me of Aventurin dials. Mm-hmm. Um, like the ones from Langer and uh, I, a couple of other brands, I think. That have that sort of, yes, that have that sort of sparkling effect that looks like a night sky. Uh, it really is nice. And as a fan of quartz watches, it's actually a watch that I would consider getting. Baila. Yeah. I, I, I may. Eventually. We'll see. <laughs> just, they're, just take, w- they're just taking money out from the Gigi Lacou Reverso Fund. Oh, God. Don't. don't Hi, I, Denise. I, oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, Denise, if you're listening, please remember you have to choose either a wedding or the JLC. But he gets to choose the Astron and the, the yes. wedding. Yes. <laughs> Priorities, you know. Yeah, pretty much. This is, this is who you're going to marry. <laughs> There's still time to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, finally, I think we have the Presage, right? Yeah, Presage. Mm-hmm. So uh, this one uh, called Akatsuki. Um, so Akatsuki is uh, the same meaning of dawn. So it's like, a, you know, in, in the morning, the sky is getting, you know, um, brighter. And mm-hmm. so, so uh, the Yozakura and Akatsuki both has a black PBD case. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, like showing uh, at night. Yeah, right, right. But the dial is, you know, uh, showing the... Yozakura and like Akatsuki, like so. Right. So um, usually, yeah, Seiko comes with uh, <clears throat> comes up with the nature in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Since since you did mention Akatsuki, I do have to mention like for any of our listeners who are Naruto fans, <laughs> yes, I was thinking of that same Naruto. Akatsuki as well. Naruto. Naruto. Yeah. I was thinking of the same Akatsuki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is it? Uh, is it like Red Moon? Uh, it's the characters like Red Moon. Yeah, yeah. I think so. For for Akatsuki, I think it was um. What's what's the guy's name? Uchiha. Uchihara. No, no, no. Uh, 
Sasuke's brother. I I never watched Naruto. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. I I I'm fairly certain a, a fair number. I definitely know personally a few people who have watched Naruto who listen to our podcast. So, uh, you guys get back to me and let me know what um Sasuke's brother's name was. But Wait, yes, Uchiha, Akatsuki. Itachi. It was like basically the bad guys in Naruto. I think it was were Itachi. Akatsuki. Yes, It Itachi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. How did you get <laughs> well the from? How did you get the Uchi? Uh, Uchiha is the family name, I think. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're... Like, I understand you've been also working on the LVMH Watch Week, right? Which... Mm-hmm. Um, so Zenith Chronomaster? Chronomaster yeah, Chrono Sport, Sport Chronograph. Yeah. Which we discussed um, last week. last episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's also been a few releases from... From... Uh, in the past in the past week or so uh so there's like i'm just looking at it now uh there's a zenith there's another chronograph a zenith pilot type 20 chronograph in silver nice yeah uh, so a... they have a defy 21 urban jungle uh with, uh which is a very cool watch yeah. okay i really love the color yeah the zenith the zenith defy is to it's me, a cool line. to me, it's 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 cool, but it's very visually distracting. There's just so many things going on, that, that's and true. it's yeah. it's almost like the the ublification or the even tag beverification. Yeah, it really is down to him. Wherever he goes, Zenith. that design appears. Yeah, yeah. And sponsors Jean Claude Viver. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking of Hublot, not, not, not on Blampang. Yeah. Do they have the... Yeah, not, not so much after, with Blampang. Not so much all with the Blampang, ones right? After he left Blampang. Ah. Uh, yeah. Right? So Hublot, Zenith, Tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all three of them released kind of that sort of integrated bracelet sports watches sort of design. Yep. So yeah, that, that's... I think it has been called the Jean-Claude Biver effect. <laughs> wherever he appears that watch appears and, and it's sort of a very like angular design modern look integrated bracelet that sort of thing but but I feel the only the only company that's uh, kind of that doesn't follow that beverification is mm-hmm. Bulgari mm-hmm. yeah um, and I, I believe because that's the, the kind of an, on a kind of different management from the rest, yeah. from the main three uh, Levinf brands, yeah, uh, which I, think... I believe Tim Maso did discuss this in a in one of his YouTube videos. Uh, and Tim Maso, come on to our podcast, please. Yeah, thanks, thanks for like responding to our post the other yes. day. <laughs> <laughs> but I should mention that I think Biver was directly in charge of those three brands because I think he was the acting CEO of all three mm-hmm. brands at one point. I can't remember exactly why I think um, Levumph had like a, a management <laughs> shakeup and they, they sort of switched people around. And for a short period of time, I think he was the acting CEO for all three. Yeah. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Well, and speaking of these brands, of course, there's a few releases. There's a couple of Hublot ones. So a Big mm-hmm. Bang, not to be confused with uh, Korea's you know, Kings, Kings of K-pop. 
<laughs> uh, so it's the Turbion Automatic Orange Sapphire. So mm-hmm. a Sapphire case that yep. is orange. Yep. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Would I wear it? No. V- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great in concept. Nice, but no. No, but no. Like the the graphics in this press release, like the background, kind of looks like fried chicken to me. Maybe because I'm really craving fried chicken. <laughs> uh, but yes, anyway, uh, <laughs> Bulgari also has a new chronograph out, the Octofinissimo S chronograph. Have have you mm-hmm. have you managed to see this at all? Uh, I haven't yet, but I think I will in a few weeks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of watches that you've seen, Masa, since um, did you manage to see the new Zenith Chronomaster? Uh, I'm I'm gonna see it uh, this Monday. Okay, uh, next okay. Monday, I mean, yeah. So because okay. um, I actually really wanted to ask you because you know obviously everyone has been saying that it looks like a Daytona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I was really hoping that you'd seen it and that you could tell us whether or not in person it still feels the same way or you know because sometimes some things in pictures look similar. But when you look at it in person, it's always oh, a totally different feel. Yeah. Right. Um, I was hoping you could tell us that. Maybe you could give us an update come Monday. <laughs> sure. <Yes. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that we, we, we could post it up on Instagram. You know, we can say, like, oh, Masa got back to us and said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's also a, a couple of other releases of Bulgar called the Bulgari. I guess this is more of a ladies' watch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Dream Peacock. Dishy, it's this, got uh, this diamonds yeah. and peacocks on it, which is great. Yeah, that, that fits the definition of a ladies' watch. Yeah, and also I guess it stays true to the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also another Hublot Big Bang with a 14-day power reserve. Is this the gold one? Yes, yeah, it's a gold one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a magic gold. Yeah, it's supposed to be some very special alloy of gold that is very hard and scratch resistant or something like that but weirdly as a result of this special mixture it has the gold color but not the shine yeah so you sort of get like a matte gold effect yeah Yeah, which is kind of weird because you kind of want gold to be shiny right i mean part of gold is the luster yeah i mean the the peel of of gold would be because it shines yeah the luster of it yes so making something that looks basically yellow at the end of the day, like a matte yellow material. Is yeah. it really gold anymore? Um, I if don't you, know. If you buy a gold watch and yeah. you need it so desperately to be scratch resistant, maybe you can't afford a gold watch. Yeah, maybe don't get a gold watch. <laughs> but I think this yeah. watch is, you know, for someone who already owns shiny gold watch. So Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. It's like a... a uh, what do you call it? Like a, a different take on gold watches, I think. Mm. Yeah. But yes. I don't know. Mm. Also, Hublot sponsors. Thank you. Rhythm <laughs> 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 just sponsor us as well. Yeah. Why yeah, not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, pretty much. And, and get John. I mean, I mean, on the podcast. I mean, Hod- Hodinki is already part of the Rhythm group. Mm-hmm. We have a Hodinki man on our show today. That's true. This is the this is the next logical step. Levump <laughs> acquires Casey acquire and us, Chong. yeah, yes. and and also and also acquire Marshall because he he goes wherever we go. That's true because he's yes. our daddy. 
How about new uh, Bulgari Octofinissimo S, uh, the the one with uh, stainless steel? Oh, instead the of titanium. Steel one? Instead of titanium, uh, they came up with uh, steel. Yeah, and okay. instead of steel. blasted, it's brushed, right? Uh, brushed steel, yeah. Yeah. I actually saw that. I actually thought it was very... Div- it, it's... Because, you know, the Octofinissimo is sort of like such an architectural design. Yeah. Right? It's got yeah. so many angles and all that. And and when you wear it on that bead-blasted titanium, it almost looks like concrete in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the brush steel, it actually takes a totally different appearance. I actually really like it. it it's very cool. Yeah, so um, it's it's more sportier, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. uh, it's a little bit thicker uh, than the titanium model, but... Um, not this time they came up with uh, a satin finished uh, so brushed uh, dial so like it looks really it looks like a bracelet like entire thing it's like a bracelet right because all the yeah. color is you know the same tone mm-hmm. yeah it like but, blends in yeah but it has a you know 100 millimeter 100 meter uh, water resistance now so that's a really good thing and what was the water resistance on the previous one i think 30. oh okay oh that's a yeah. so, so splash splash proof <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah yeah 100 meters is a big a big difference yeah so like now we can call it sport sports watch yeah i mm-hmm. think yeah 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 but but uh, but to me yeah. the, like the doctor finissimos this it also still feels like a very fragile watch just because of, i guess because of how thin it is mm-hmm. yeah um but so when when I met Masa, we also went to the Bulgari store, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to check out the Ando Tadao, yeah, uh, collaboration, uh, Octo Finissimo. So try that yeah. on, and like, it to me it, it looks it looks really nice. Like the watch looks really nice, but it kind of fits very weirdly on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's very flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's super flat, Which is just part of it. super thin, and mm-hmm. because of the you know angle of the uh, the bracelet and the lug, it's like yeah, I think it's a little yeah. bit too big for like Japanese wrist mm. wrist size. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm hoping them making a little bit you know smaller. Now it's forty yep. millimeter, but maybe like a thirty nine or thirty eight. Yeah, think mm-hmm. I will I will I will definitely buy it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I did manage to handle that uh, the Octo Finissimo Ultra Thin. I can't remember exactly what it's called. And um, it did feel like, you know, if you just sneezed on it, it would break. <laughs> but I think the the watch that made me feel that the most, I think, was the Piaget Altiplano. Hmm. The, the Ultra Thin version of that is ridiculously thin. It's... It really feels like even when you're just putting it on your wrist, like if you put a little bit too much pressure on it, it's just going to snap in half, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool, but also kind of unnerving, I guess. Like with the, with the Altiplano, it's, it's kind of like you're not wearing anything on your wrist as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, it's almost, because it's so flat, it's almost like 2D. Yeah. If you can get what I mean, it it, it feels like there's really no thickness to yeah. it at all. It's like you and just strap like the a... credit card on your wrist. Yeah, yeah. putting coin yeah. or credit card on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's a very strange feeling, but it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we should move on to mm-hmm. our main topic, 
which is well, we have we have Masa, who, as he mentioned earlier, is Japanese, yes. and we have. In a, case you didn't know by in now. In case you didn't know by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we wanted to talk about the the Japanese watch industry, and especially, um, and this is also for our daddy Marshall. Um, who has taken a big liking to independence, especially Japanese independent watches, especially Kurono right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. I so think that's ha- what Hajime Asaoka. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So, like, we we just wanted to have a a nice discussion about the Japanese independent watch making scene, and also, I guess, the the industry in in general. Like, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, so. I think Japanese uh, watch brands are going two different ways. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, one is uh, independent watchmakers, and also one is uh, you know those big brands like Citizen or Seiko or Grand Seiko. And independent watchmakers, there's uh, a lot of uh, small, uh, you know, new new guys on the table. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, Naoya Hida. Uh, he's yeah. not an independent watchmaker, but he has a brand. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of sources the movements and then refinishes them and then puts them into a new watch. Isn't that right? Uh, Naoya Hida is... Yeah. Uh, you know, Naoya Hida and also uh, uh, Kikuchi Nakagawa. Mm-hmm. So bo- both are, uh, you know, not creating everything by themselves. So, like, I'm I'm not a you know I'm not super clear with the independent watchmaker definition, but uh, those you know truly independent watchmakers are I think Kikuno-san and also Asaoka-san. Mm-hmm. And Asaoka-san's wa- watch is really really popular uh, outside of Japan, um, and in Japan it's getting popular, but I think still it's really small and not not so mm-hmm. many people know. Yeah, I was I was gonna say those those brands that you mentioned where you weren't sure whether they're independent or not. Would you describe them maybe as Japanese micro brands? Oh yeah, Japanese micro brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe that's yeah. a better it, better word. Okay, because that that is quite interesting. Because we've seen, I think, the micro brand scene grow a lot mm-hmm. internationally, right? We've seen a bunch of micro brands, especially from the US, um, even from France, Holland, Belgium, things like that. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming, I think, for uh, micro brands to come out of Japan. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's so much potential there. There's, there even all these international brands, um, they use so many Japanese movements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think it's about time that, that Japan had its own micro brand scene. And I'm quite quite excited to, to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Like, you know, you guys have Ming, right? Ming Watch. Yes. Uh, John has one, yeah. I, I mean, Malaysia, yeah. We mm. have Ming, yep. So, like, I'm hoping that, you know, like, Japanese, uh, like, those micro brands are not super, um, uh, like, familiar with internet, maybe. So, mm. you know, they don't, they don't do, a, you know, big promotion or marketing or, like, announcements. So, uh, that, that's uh, one of my job to help them. Yeah, right. But right. uh, yeah, so they they have you know a lot of you know unique people comes out too uh, from like watch school. Uh, I did um, interview with uh, the the guy who won the FB Journal uh, Young Talent Competition. 
last year. Yeah, actually, actually I wanted to ask you about that because I, I think you, you posted a story on Instagram about him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just, it was just a, an interesting topic and I yeah wanted to, to ask you about yeah, this, so, about this um, guy. So there is uh, only a few watch school in Japan and one, one of the most uh, popular one, maybe I should call popular, <laughs> Uh, is uh, Hikomizuno, and uh, he's from Hikomizuno. He just graduated. Uh, his mm. name is Seki Norifumi. Um, so he's still young. He, he's still really young, and mm-hmm. he haven't uh, created his own brand, but he he has a lot of you know talent, and I think he created only four watches in the past. But those are really unique. Um, he already uh, trying to create his own design language. So I'm hoping, okay. like you know, he's gonna get bigger and like more people will notice outside of Japan too. Yeah, and I I think um you know the 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 Hodigi Japan, as well as you know public media and social media that you help to manage is probably gonna be a big way to help all these brands, you know, achieve more recognition internationally. Yeah. Yeah. So some, some of our articles are translated in English. So mm-hmm. I think you will see my name on, you know, Hulinki.com also. Okay. Great. Yeah. So I'm hope I'm really hoping more Japanese uh, watchmakers uh, like in the future. So I, I can say, Oh, we have Seiko and Grand Seiko, but we also have you know these cool people. Yeah, right. and that's more interesting. And I think last year, because of the COVID, like people really you know thought about their own collection, and you know like I, I felt like okay, I really love my Lolex Explorer and Lolex Minor, but like, is it really like you know me watch? Mm-hmm. Like, is it like super unique? Like, if I go to Instagram. Like there's a lot of people who has that one, so maybe, you know, maybe I I would love to buy like micro brands. Maybe it's not like huge yet, but it's you know something really unique and yep. yeah. Is there is there any any well any micro brand or or independent watchmaker that that catches your eye aside from uh, was it Seki Seki San? Seki San, okay. Hmm, uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, like for all our listeners out there who are listening and be like, "Oh, okay, it's cool." Like we want to support the Japanese micro brand yeah. industry. Like, what what brands could you introduce to us to check out and you know maybe even buy like to support to support them? Yeah, so I did interview with uh, Naoya Hida. Uh, yeah, he used to work for watch industry for so long, um, and. Since like he loved watches so much, he he decided to create his own brand. And you know, like I, I saw many people were complaining about uh, his price of the watch, but I I was a little bit you know afraid that maybe Naoya Naoya San like Hida San will be you know like like sad or like depressed mm-hmm. because of the reaction. But then he was he was veteran, so he he used to work for FP Journe. He I think he launched the FP journal in Japan, uh, like together with you know Mr. Francois. Okay. 
and he said that like you know what asan like in the beginning like fp drone no one cared about fp drone everyone said it's too expensive everyone said you know the finishing mm-hmm. is not nice or whatever so like people those are like no more reaction to the new watches right. so like i was like wow this is this guy is uh this way this guy is really good yeah okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah he's, i mean that, that's yeah that's a good attitude to have i think i mean when you start something people are always going to judge it mm-hmm. you know and and i think people are a lot harsher on new brands mm-hmm. rather than old brands Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, is... like, what history have you got? Like, where, where have you come from? Why, why, why are you charging this much for something that no one else knows about? Yeah. And, it's and, like... and in that same, same way, you know, like all these old brands just rely on that. Like, mm. like the same way, you know, Rolex relies on, you know, the sports watch heritage of the Explorer 2, of the GMT Master, the Submariner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omega, of course, relies on the Speedmaster. And, you know, all that, even though they release the same watches with the same movements they tweak something slightly and then they charge crazy prices everyone's like oh okay like it's it has history and then you kind of forgive it mm-hmm. but when a new brand comes up with something new something different something unique uh, people look at it and then be like oh you're charging this much for this who are you yeah to charge this much and mm-hmm. like that's that's not fair you have to give them a chance to mm-hmm. make their own history because everyone starts from somewhere yeah, and also right. those, you know, micro brands are not, you know, produce, producing a lot of watches like big guys. So they can't make it, you know, like if, if they produce uh, production number is like huge, then they can mm. make it cheaper. But yeah, micro yeah. brands are not like that. So um, yeah, yeah, there's no volume for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, like, to you, is there anything that sets apart Japanese watchmaking? from let's say swiss watchmaking or german watchmaking is there anything that makes japanese watchmaking uniquely japanese oh uh, okay um that's a difficult question <laughs> <laughs> yeah we ask the tough questions here on casey and john john it doesn't happen very often but you know when it does, we spring we spring a surprise attack. <laughs> I think some are really obvious, like like Grand Seiko, Seiko, like like I told you guys before that uh, they are trying to you know come come up with you know some Japanese natures and right, like right. get inspiration from them. But um, I think um, like Japanese watchmakers like are really unique more than um like swiss watch brands like for example like hikuchi nakagawa um they are they create you know something looks a little bit like a car traba from Patek mm-hmm. Philippe, but they've done black polish for right. entire case and right they they change the proportion of the case so it doesn't look like a car traba mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I, they, I, I didn't yeah. want to mention, I think, because like, one thing I've noticed as, as far as like Japanese watches versus Swiss watches are concerned, let's say at the same price, mm-hmm. right? Japanese watches, I think, focus a lot on what faces you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of focus on the texture of the dial, the details of the dial, the polishing of the markers, the polishing of the hands and the case. And then, you know, like, for example, uh, one simple example, I think, is the snowflake, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you flip it over, the snowflake, the movement, 
Nice, gorgeous. <laughs> uh, for those of you who can't see, Masa just f- showed his wrist and he's wearing the snowflake. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, when you flip it over and then you look at the snowflake movement, it's not a beautiful movement, right? It's not very finely finished. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it, when you look at the dial and the hands and the markers, yeah. the way that is finished is a lot better than many, many, many Swiss watches, even more expensive than the Snowflake. So it feels to me like sometimes Seiko, maybe I'm not saying Japan in general, but Seiko likes to focus on what you look at all the time Mm -hmm. and focus less on what you will see once in a while. Whereas, for example, my GLC Master Control uh, is more expensive than Snowflake, but on the face of it, you know, there's nothing super finely finished. You know, it's it's a brush dial, it's a printed dial, but the back of the movement, like the movement is very nicely finished. So it's like a very different focus mm-hmm. in a way. Like, would you agree? Like, is that a Japanese thing? Yeah, that's true, I think. Um, yeah, if you think about like Naoya Hida's watch or Kikuchi Nakagawa-san's watch or... Asaoka-san's watch, he recently created uh, the limited edition with uh, like red dial. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Those are really beautiful, but um, yeah, like Naoya-san and also Kikuchi Nakagawa-san's watches are like solid case back, so like no one can right. see it inside. And right. I'm not saying like their movement is not like finely finished, but yeah, they, they tends to um, care more on the, the dial. Dial right. side, yeah. I, Focus on the dial. Yeah, I really agree. Yeah. Because mm. that is something I noticed even with like, for example, my uh, Seiko Starlight, the Presage, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which again has such a beautiful dial. And if you buy a Swiss watch in that range, you I don't think you're going to find any Swiss watch with a dial that's that nice. But if you flip around, the movement is probably a bit nicer. Because mm. on the Seiko, it's a standard like four-hour movement, yeah. very basic factory finish. But on a Swiss watch, you'll get maybe, I don't know, an ETA 2824 Elaborate or something with maybe blued screws or something. But do you really care at that price point whether or not it has blued screws? Wouldn't you rather have a dial that's so beautiful to look at? Yeah. The one thing I, and, I really want Japanese watchmakers to change is uh, the quality of the bracelet. Yeah, I think okay. John, you will agree with. Uh, <laughs> I, I think so. I think we agree. I think yeah, <laughs> not not just braces, but even straps for that for that matter. Like, right, like yeah. And I think, I think we know which brand, especially, is, is very guilty of this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, like I, I think I, I've lost count of the number of times I've seen people like, oh, I just bought this new watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I did was switch it out to a strap, like yeah. a different strap. Yeah. Yeah, a much better strap. A much better strap. I did the same with uh, 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 which model was that? Uh, the Grand Seiko first. Uh, yeah. The reissued uh, with the titanium right. case. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blue dial. Uh, that was uh, yep. SPG W two five nine. I mm-hmm. I actually had the chance to uh, try it for review, and then mm-hmm. it came with a blue uh, leather strap. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't feel it. I, I felt like you know maybe this guy has to have you know like different strap. And then once I got it home, I, I changed the strap right away. And 
<laughs> it felt really me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think <laughs> I think straps and bracelet. Uh, that's something you know, like Japanese watch brands has to think about. Yeah, mm. especially yeah. those big big guys. Yeah. Yes. Especially, especially the biggest one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not na- not naming names. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean there are pretty expensive um, big brand Japanese watches. Yes. Where like when when you handle the bracelet, it just feels like the quality of the bracelet and especially of the clasp. I think mm-hmm. is so different from the watch itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't do justice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all the R and D has just been poured into the watch itself, but then mm-hmm. the peripheral, or not really peripherals, if you talk about a bracelet and but well, you know, bracelet, but, I guess, yeah. but yeah. you know, bracelet and strap is just like an afterthought. It's like oh, this, yeah, like, oh, we already have this. Yeah. We we'll just slap it on. Yeah, <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna change the bracelet and straps anyway. So yeah, M- maybe that's their maybe policy. that's maybe, the, yeah <laughs> yeah maybe they're like okay people are gonna change it anyway so why put that much effort into it's it? just encouraging people to like mod yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. to to make your personalize, personalize your watch. yes yeah yeah <laughs> uh what okay so masa like is there anything else that you think um looking at the watch industry in Japan uh, as a Japanese watch journalist is there anything else that you notice or anything else you want um the industry to change anything you'd like to see or anything like that um i think grand seiko is uh doing great but still mm-hmm. in japan um i think they are not like fully appreciate like outside of japan okay. i think a lot of oh, people admire grand seiko and watch collectors are looking for like you know like like snowflake dial or like those watches but in japan um people care more on swiss watch brands Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, like Rolex, Omega, like obviously, but yeah. I, I'm a, I'm hoping like not industry, but Japanese collector like you know take time to look at you know like our country's watches, yeah, because they are amazing. And mm-hmm. I saw like you know all the Grand Seiko watches are too thick for me, but I mm-hmm. I actually tried it on, and then they are pretty good. And also the dial is beautiful, and mm-hmm. bracelet is maybe not so much, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope like more Japanese watch collectors will, you know, interested in like Grand Seiko or like even Citizen or Seiko, like other brands. And yeah, like I, I don't, I don't want to hear a lot too much about, you know, Lolex, Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, the um, word uh, called Lolex, uh, Daytona Marathon. And Daytona Marathon means, you know, in Tokyo, there's a Rolex boutique, uh, like five or six of them in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So on weekends or even weekdays, uh, people go to all the shop to ask, do you have Daytona? Can you sell it to me? So that, that that's wow. the thing we call Daytona okay. Marathon. And okay. I want to tell them that uh, it's it's a good thing. If you, if you want it, you can do it. Uh, but, you know, there's... A lot of cool watches in Japan and also yeah. outside of Japan, but like I, I want people to care more about uh, you know something they really like, mm. not just you know like everyone says <coughs> this is really good watch. So that's the thing I want, not industry, but I want Japanese character to 
change their mind yeah. a little bit? Uh, well, I mean, if, if they can't get it from the Rolex store, they can always pop down to like Nakano. Mm -hmm. Nakano Broadway and just oh, like Jack Road and all that just to, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> because like, I remember, I remember when there was like the huge Batman craze. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was, I went to, I went to Nakano Broadway because uh, I wanted to have a look at like Jack Road and all that. Um, this, this could actually be a topic for an, for a future episode as well. Like, you know, the, the secondhand True. resale market in the future. Yeah. The, the great market is really but, big in Japan, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I remember walking into one of the stores and they just had this whole cabinet of just Batmans. <laughs> nice. Like just rows and rows of it. And which is, which is, first of all, it's a, it's a travesty because there's, you know, people who actually do want to buy it because yeah, maybe they, they do like the, the Rolex GMT Master in mm. that particular colorway. And, you know, you, you want to you have like the store experience, but here you are in like this, this arcade, you know, going to like a small store and then there's like mm. a whole row yeah. of, of Batman <laughs> yeah. that you can't even see in like the retail shops, you know, yep. and yep. also going for like ridiculous prices. So... But that's like yeah, that's that's a that's a complete separate topic. Yeah. Um, that's that's just the market. That's just the market. Yeah. yeah, this is this is what happens when you leave it to the free market instead of you know <laughs> socialism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, one one last thing I wanted to ask, Masa. Um, what is the most popular Japanese watch brand in Japan? Is it Seiko or Citizen? I think Seiko um okay yeah um <laughs> i don't know if i can say like well like i i, I like both of them uh seiko yep. citizen but i think seiko has more iconic watches mm -hmm. like you know like skx 007 or like yep. seiko 5 yep. sports or like if yep. like and they have a lot of range of you know watches mm -hmm. like from like 10 uh 10 000 yen to like like grand seiko Credor. Yeah, Credor. Yeah. So, um, and also, like, if I ask my wife, I think she will say Seiko in the beginning. Like, so Seiko mm -hmm. is more, like, popular. I don't know, like, much more famous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess because I they, guess... They, they have, like, watches in all price ranges. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I guess that kind of answers, because I was wondering, I feel that Citizen is underappreciated. Mm-hmm. And I guess it sounds like Citizen is also underappreciated in Japan, I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> I really love the Chrono Master line mm -hmm. of Citizen watches. The one with that sort of paper dial yeah. that's uh, eco-drive, solar-powered, and like plus minus five seconds a year. Mm -hmm. I think, if anything, I think that's better than Grand Seiko's 9F quartz movements because it's solar-powered and just as accurate. Mm -hmm. But... Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Chrono Master. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> Citizen, uh, they are caring a lot about titanium. And I think they're caring too much about titanium, maybe. Okay. Um, I'm hoping them to uh, create more, like, you know, like watches like the one with the Japanese paper one. Mm -hmm. um, I'm... So I, I've tried Grand Seiko with titanium. Um, I like the watch itself, but 
the titanium is not so cool okay. to be honest um so maybe like citizen care more about design and you know like, like material yeah materials mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's advice for citizen maybe yeah <laughs> also also sponsor us yes please sponsor us citizen thank you <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's a good note to to end. And yep, yeah, yep. like, well, Masa, thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk to two uh, two idiots here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, Masa. Thanks for spending thanks, the time. Thanks, guys. I mean, yeah, you know, and like... I I hope I hope our our daddy Marshall has learned about more independent brands that he can spend his money on as well. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, as. As we did mention earlier, he is looking for a Corono. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a which, you know which one? JDM I, I think... version and like, you know, like in Japan, like we, we can only get Chrono Tokyo with the uh, alphabet. So okay. I, I really want to get the uh, one with Katakana logo. Mm, right. Like yeah, the yeah. Kuro, Kurono. Kurono, yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, you know, John, I think what we could do next week, uh, once this podcast goes up, I think Maybe we'll spend the whole week just posting up. Um, maybe you could help us, Masa, as well. Uh, we let's just post up pictures of these independent Japanese watchmakers and micro brands. Let's just spend the whole week putting up sure. photos of them and and you know letting people know more I about mean, them. As yeah. as a as a flex, uh, when I when I met Masa, he very kindly invited me to a to a party that was organized by Mark Cho of the Armory, mm-hmm. um, and Hidasan was there as well. So I got to handle his his watch and it's it's great it, yeah. It, yeah so let, let, let's cast more light on that yeah like it's, it's definitely definitely a product that deserves more attention mm-hmm. mm. right well thanks for once again thanks for being on our show yeah thank uh, you. it's been a it's been a pleasure and we we hope to have you on for a future episode like we said you know maybe discussing the gray market in mm-hmm. in japan Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Well. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Casey and John John Show. The Casey and John John Show may cause abdominal discomfort, flatulence, reduced sex drive, and alcohol dependence. The Casey and John John Show is approved by one out of ten doctors. Casey and John John do not take any responsibility for any side effects experienced from listening to their podcast.